bringing you his authentic perspectives on important topics. They live in suburbs together. They live in the city together. They hang out together, all in the same family. We're the only idiots that fight because we want our voice to only be on one side. Like, does that even make any sense? And when the side loses, you lose everything. They, on the other hand, have a voice no matter what because somebody that looks like them is always in, in control. Frank, candid, and straight to the point. Well, it's just a skewed uh, system. Of course it is. It's a lot but, of adjustment. But, but answer there, my question, though. Should we let people what? go? Should we let people go? Like, let's just forget about bail altogether. And if your neighbor commits but a homicide and kills people up... Nah, if you kill people and they next to you and you just let them come back and live right next to you, they can live upstairs from you. Let them come in your house. Frank, candid and straight to the point. This is the best radio show in the state of Wisconsin. Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth and The Truth App. Now, he's the mayor of the city of Milwaukee. He's a young man. Give him a chance. I only complain about things that I care about. What I want you to do is pretend like I'm in St. Louis. And all I'm asking the mayor and the common council president and the common council, show me. Now, live from the American Family Insurance Studio at the Avenue in the heart of downtown Milwaukee, here is Dr. Ken Harris. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number. Michael, you're on the award-winning 1017 The Truth. How are you? Thanks for hanging. Oh, um, we dream of being rich, but on all seriousness. In all seriousness, though. Phil Cosby, I understand the, some of the arguments people put forth as far as as far as uh, not addressing this and that. But for me, I got to say, it was a breath of fresh air for me. Okay. I've seen the Jeffersons, and sometimes the Jeffersons address a little bit of racism, so they're good times. I don't know. Bill Cosby was just different. I've never seen a show where they, to me, it was balanced. You, you, he wasn't super rich, but he wasn't poor. He was, he was a middle-class family. I, have a, I had a, and an uncle kind of similar like that. My aunt was a nurse. My uncle was a psychiatrist, so I kind of could, I kind of relate to that. And I don't know. I guess at that time I was looking for a nice, wholesome show. I guess I missed. I understand the criticism, but I didn't really pay too much attention to the lack thereof as far as the other issues because of the fact that it was just such a wholesome yep. family show. Yep. Or something. And I, I think it's a balance. You had the Jeffersons. You had good times. They're good. They're funny. Don't get me wrong. But sometimes you do need a Bill Cosby. And <laughs> if I must tell the truth, I kind of enjoyed it less when they start introducing, I think, was it the cousin? Cousin, I forgot yep, her name, yep, but she was yep. born in high school. Yeah. And it's like. And, and it started getting yeah, so I'm close to like, life. That, yeah. It's not, it's not that I'm altogether opposed to it, but in all honesty, yeah, I know that's real life, but maybe in Bill Cosby, I just didn't think I need to be reminded of it. Not in Bill Cosby. Maybe some other show, but it just didn't fit in Bill Cosby. 
But other than that, but I still enjoyed all the eight seasons. And all I can say is, to me, it was just a good, wholesome, enjoyable show. Yes, it was. Thank you much. I appreciate it, Michael. Keep listening. Sure. All right. Take care. 833-212-1017 is the number. Number five. Uh, CBS 58 is trying to tell us that lawmakers are going to vote on the Brewer Renovations Bill next week. A deal's been reached on four. On Oh, I'm sorry. <clears throat> I remember when it was 400 some odd. Now it's $646 million in the package to fund renovations at American Family Field after weeks of negotiation. Lawmakers, Milwaukee leaders, and the Brewers. The Assembly Committee on State Affairs approved a revised bill that would pay for upgrades at the Brewer Stadium, and in return, the team would extend their lease to 2043. Assembly Speaker Robin Voss said the bill will be up for a vote on this coming Tuesday, and it's unclear when the Senate will consider the measure. A key aspect of the amended bill would reduce the financial contribution of the city of Milwaukee and Milwaukee County, both pay $200 million to $135 million. Thank you. Still don't know why we're paying anything. The plan also includes $411 million from the state and eleven. I'm sorry, and $100 million from the brewers. I, I guess I can kind of live with that. I guess I'm kind of okay with that. Number four. Hey, y'all. Oh, sound like mail. Hey, y'all. Uh, the Bucks, Milwaukee Bucks, are inviting fans to attend their annual open scrimmage on Sunday, October 22nd at the Fiserv. Tickets for the scrimmage are, guess what? Five bucks. And they can be purchased online. You can go to cbs58.com, check out the, um, well, no, let me read it. www.nba.com forward slash bucks forward slash tickets forward slash scrimmage. Um, or you can just go to CBS 58. They've got an article on it, and you can click it. All proceeds from the sale of the tickets will benefit the Bucks Foundation. Uh, doors of the event will open to ticketed fans at 12 p.m., and the scrimmage starts at 1. Single-game tickets are still available for all Bucks regular season home games, including the season opener against the Philadelphia 76ers Thursday, October 26th. So make sure you check that out. Number three. From Fox 6 News, two people are now charged after Wauwatosa police say they were caught in the Mayfair parking lot with a stolen car last week. A witness says he hopes the video of their arrest sends a strong message. Dennis Culp said he knew when he saw the scene unfold in real life that he needed to make sure others could see it too. It was like watching a movie, Culp said. Uh, sometimes that stuff gets out of hand. And Culp said, uh, from his point of view, officers did what they had to do. <laughs> he said, these cats are out here, need to be warned. It ain't no game. Police said the Nissan Altima in question was an enterprise rental car that was listed as stolen. As officers came upon it October 2nd in the mall parking lot, and police also provided their footage of the encounter. And when the driver and passenger returned from the mall, officers were ready. Police said the driver drove into the, a parked car, then threw the Nissan in reverse. And I seen them busting out windows, and I heard dogs barking. And the video shows an officer break a window and pull a man out of the driver's seat before putting him in handcuffs. Officers arrested the woman in the passenger seat as well. Culp said there's a lot of car stealing going on, and these folks ain't playing with y'all. 
Enough said. Number two. Milwaukee Common Council from JS Online expressed frustration this week that a punitive approach requiring city resources would be needed to improve living conditions at Housing Authority of the City of Milwaukee Properties. Alderman Marina Dmitrievich, which chairs the Council's Finance and Personnel Committee, said yesterday, we are all trying to clean up a mess as if the only way you can fix it is by going in using massive new positions, massive resources, and the only way you can fix it is by telling us you're doing something wrong. Two days earlier, the 15-member Common Council unanimously approved legislation giving the city's Department of Neighborhood Services the authority to inspect properties and enforce building and zoning codes at buildings the Housing Authority owns or manages. Mayor Cavalier-Johnson signed the legislation, according to court records, and the move by city elected officials came after residents and community organizers accused the Housing Authority of poor management, building maintenance, and record-keeping And after federal officials warned agency leaders and Mayor Johnson in December that the Housing Authority was at risk for serious fraud, waste, and abuse. Hmm. Interesting. Number one. This from CBS 58. High school student scores on the ACT college admissions test have dropped to their lowest In more than three decades, showing a lack of student preparedness for college-level coursework, according to the nonprofit organization that administers the test. Scores have been falling for six consecutive years, but the trend accelerated during COVID-19 pandemic. Students in the class of 2023 whose scores were reported this past Wednesday were in their first year of high school when the virus reached the U.S. Uh, Janet Godwin, chief executive officer for the nonprofit ACT, said the hard truth is that we're not doing enough to ensure that graduates are truly ready for post-secondary success in college and career. The average ACT composite score for U.S. citizens was 19.5 out of 36. Last year, the average was 19.8. The average reading score, science and math, all were below benchmark. The ACT says students must reach in order to have a high probability of success in first year of college. The average scores in English were just above the benchmark, but still declined compared to last year. So what does that mean? That means that if you are able to read well, you can do pretty much anything you want to do. But if it's not, then you're going to definitely struggle in class. He said, Godwin said the scores are still helpful for placing students in the right college courses and preparing academic advisors to better support students. And so in terms of college readiness, even in the test option environment, these kind of objective test scores about academic readiness are incredibly important. That's good. That's good to know. And um, only thing you can do is get your kids ready, get them in school, get them active, get them showing up, taking tests, doing what they need to do in order to go into the work world, whether they're going to college or not. Hey, the truth wants to remind you we are the home of Marquette University High School Hilltoppers football. The Hilltoppers will close out their regular season with a victory. They're looking to get a victory over their conference foe, Nathan Hale Huskies. Kickoff is at 7 o'clock tonight, 6.30 pregame. So, got to remind you, high school sports on the award-winning 101.7 The Truth is presented by Gruber Law Offices. One call, that's all. We've got a great guest coming up. I want you to stay tuned. 
hang around. And uh, Mark Lack is going to come in, and we're going to be talking about some <clears throat> one of my favorite topics, one of my favorite countries in the world, and that's Egypt. You are listening to Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. This is Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number. So every now and then, I don't know. I'm a, I don't know if you know. I probably said it like 12,000 times. I'm a member of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. And our, our um, love of uh, the motherland and Egypt and the Nile and all those things and King Tut and, hmm. is one of those things that has always endeared me to the continent of Africa and the and the entire diaspora. And so we have a guest today who I have decided I don't like him. I am <laughs> I am jealous of him. I am really, really upset because he's been to Egypt seven times. Seven times. You can be jealous and still like me, I think. <laughs> I think I like you. All right, I'll take it. <laughs> um and, and let me say your name, Mark Lack. Lock. Lock. Close enough. Like though. Bach. Like Bach. Exactly. Okay. Spelled that way. L A C H. So Mark is the the creative producer of Beyond King Tut, and you're gonna be here in Milwaukee till January with an exhibit that has me like seriously ready to leave and go see it right now. Well, you're you're invited, and we can't wait to have you. That'd be great. And so, tell us about first of all, give us a little bit of your background. I know you. You worked with the Titanic site, and you've done so many things over the years, and with National Geographic. And yeah. all that. tell us a bit about yourself. Been very, very fortunate. As life sometimes will turn on a dime, I got a call uh, twenty-three years ago, and somebody said, "I hear you're the guy to do my Titanic exhibition." And fortunately, it wasn't a Zoom call because he would have seen me smile, like, "What the world are you calling me for?" Wow, because I've never done that before. But I didn't say that. But I said, who told right. you to call me and who said that? Right. He says, the guy's named Dave Walker. And Dave just thinks you're the best in the business. And I smiled again because Dave was a bass player in a band I was in years before that. <laughs> and somehow Dave always thought I could do anything, right? Yeah, Good yeah, guy. And, yeah. and we're still dear friends. But that turned me in a direction. After kind of saying no a couple times, I ended up going to – it was in Orlando, Florida. I lived in St. Petersburg, mm-hmm. Florida. Went over, and it was kind of an attraction exhibit, but it had real artifacts from the Titanic. And uh, it was right when uh, Cameron's film was out, so everybody was talking about Jack and Rose and, you know, here comes the Titanic again. And I got so um, taken by this idea of mixing entertainment and something real, something rich, some content. Mm -hmm. And that's when this thing kind of started for me. And over the years, from Titanic to... Uh, Saturday Night Live to Egypt, as we see, right. Cleopatra, uh, many ex- exhibits over the years. So why Egypt? Why why King Tut? Well, uh, fortunate enough, many years ago now, uh, 2004, the artifacts from Tut's tomb started to tour again. And that mm-hmm. was the first time since the 70s. 
And in the 70s, it was the first time that Blockbuster and Exhibit were kind of in the same sentence because it kind of became a pop culture uh, phenomenon, really, with the objects from Egypt, from King Tut's tomb. Those objects are now – we toured those for many years, but those objects are now back in Egypt, and they're there for many years to come. They've built a brand-new museum uh, right next to the pyramids. So those objects can't tour – But when we saw and when I saw, quite frankly, the success and the wonderful experience that these immersive shows, immersive Van Gogh, immersive Monet, I've used that word, Ken, for for 25 years, and now it means projection shows, right? Right. So we thought, well, there's an opportunity here. How do we do this legitimately? How do we do it with the right academic oversight? And that's when we turned to National Geographic with their archives of photographs Mm -hmm. and video and their scientific work they're doing as we speak in Egypt. So that's why we put this together on the 100th anniversary wow. of the discovery of the tomb. So what's your background in doing all this? Well, your background more production? I know, I know you've got a degree from University of South Florida. That's right. Uh, it, it, a checkered past, I would say, after leaving college. Sounds familiar. Yes, exactly. And, and I, I wouldn't change it. Wouldn't want it any other way. But from the music business to uh, entertainment to working with bands to graphic design, and when I got that call mm-hmm. and thought maybe that's not the right fit because I'm a little kinda, insecurity kinda about out it. Out over your skis there, huh? it, totally right. Okay. And uh, fortunately, the guy that hired me didn't know what he was doing, so I got to make mistakes. But uh, that it all—all all those things, I think, because it's been twenty-three, four years now, mm-hmm. which blows my mind. Uh, all those kind of things before led me to what I'm just – when you find what you, what you love and you love it and you love it and you love it, uh, you just keep doing it. And that's what this has been. And so the, 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 the exhibit kind of takes you on the journey and you look at the – you look at King Tut in a, in a historical way, which is – I guess that's why it's National Geographic. Yeah. But, but – you, you tell it in a, in a, in a different kind of innovative way. Yes, uh, a theatrical way, I think. Okay. Uh, te- but what makes that kind of different from us just walking in and seeing it? Well, it's a good question. I hope we've done that job well. Okay. Uh, we, um, you know, being the 100th anniversary that we talked about earlier, right. Howard Carter, the British archaeologist, mm-hmm. made this discovery. Right. Many years of trying, many years of saying, people telling him, give up. His right. financing ran out. Right. And that in itself is a, an amazing story of mm-hmm. somebody saying, you know, I can do this. And on the eighth season, he made this discovery. And one of my favorite quotes is when he broke, when he discovered the step, right. went down into a corridor, broke through that wall, and someone said, can you see anything? And he said, yes, wonderful things. And the wonderful things were the things that were still in the tomb. To this day, the discovery of King Tut's tomb uh, is the it's an intact tomb, meaning the things that were put inside still were there. still there, right. and all the other tombs in antiquity were robbed. And, exactly, yeah. exactly. So this boy king who became king when he was nine years old right. died when he was nineteen, insignificant in the pages of history. Right. He would have been a footnote except right. for this amazing discovery. Right. So now this insignificant boy king that would have got lost in, in like I said in history, now he's the one we all know. And because of that, we thought, well, there's a wonderful story here to tell. 
We have the technology now to do these incredible projections all mm-hmm. around you. But this is a little different. Those of your listeners that have gone to Monet or Van Gogh, where the kind of the art surrounds you right. and you get lost in it, right. that's the experience. And it's wonderful. But this had to be a little more of a storyline. I, I can so, imagine because yeah. of the, the history. That's right. That's right. So we start with the discovery of the tomb. Mm-hmm. We take you on the kind of in a more traditional sense at the beginning, wonderful black and white photographs of the discovery, the way the news spread around the world, the rich and famous going to yeah. the, the the dig site to right. see it. Right. Uh, but then we also take you into the burial chamber with these incredible projections around telling that story mm-hmm. of the funerary pro, uh, uh, pr, um uh, the funeral prior and the funerary. What's the word? I'm so sorry, but uh, funerary ceremony, right? Okay. The ceremony of the burial, uh, the the mummification, and sending the boy king off into his journey into the afterlife. Because that whole journey is incredible. Mm. What the ancient Egyptians believed about reaching paradise, right? right? right. And then we have a gallery that is uh, devoted to the photographs of National mm-hmm. Geographic. More of a traditional gallery, but I think very uh, a beautiful gallery. I know when people, I was there, we opened this morning, and when people uh, go around the corner, there's always a bit of a gasp because they're so these these images are so beautiful mm-hmm. and kind of fun. There's a, a game to play in the middle that Tut played as a child. Uh, a piece was discovered in his tomb, no bigger than the palm of your hand. So we've made that into a big board game that families can play and friends can play. So interactive that way. And then we take you down kind of this journey into the afterlife, the mummification process, the prayers, the spells that were said, and then finally into this large immersive room. We tell three stories, and one is for you, for sure, and that is a visit to Egypt today. I can't tell you, Ken, how many times when people see either this exhibit or other exhibits from Egypt that I've had the pleasure to do, they'll say, you know, Mark, it's on my bucket list. I may never make it to Egypt. Today is my journey to Egypt. So we have a postcard to Egypt. So you'll feel what it's like to go today, a hot air balloon ride over the pyramids, walking down a marketplace in Cairo, seeing the temples, taking a boat down the Nile. That's one chapter. Another chapter is an animated piece that takes you on this very kind of scary, awesome uh, journey into the afterlife because you were judged Mm -hmm. along the way. You fought beasts off to get to paradise. And then finally taking the artifacts. You know, the gold mask is the most iconic image, right? Well, to see, I've seen it, you know, face to face, incredible. But to see now it climb up the wall at 30 feet tall. See, and see he's got to rub that in. Right? <laughs> see, he's gotta, he's gotta, I saw the mask. Exactly. I saw yeah. the mask. I told you I was there seven times. Yeah, right? you did. Okay. Yeah, you did. I, I think I'm trying to get there once. Well, we're going to make that happen somehow. How about that? I don't, it's not, it's not like I have a, a ticket from, from Air Egypt to give you today, but you got to go. Oh, yeah. I have to. Yeah. So so this is on exhibit, and it is at the Baird Center. That's right. 400 West Wisconsin. So when we come back, I want to dive into the National Geographic side. Good. Like, what, what would it take to go into something that is that vast with the historical and all the pictures and notes and yeah. cards and piece together something historical on King Tut? That has to have been quite the task. We'll talk about it. But I guess you were up to it, huh? Well, but boy, as as you were describing that, it was overwhelming. And at times you thought, how can we do this? Both some very talented people, lots and lots of people on this project made it happen. Yes, they did. Wow. Mark Locke, Beyond King Tut, creative producer. We'll be right back. We'll be talking to him about National Geographic's input on this uh, great exhibit that's going to be at the Barrett Center. And that's going on. 
right now. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. Traffic, sports, and weather up next. More of Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. Our in-studio guest, Mark Bach, also known as Locke. Let me see another word that rhymes with it. Sock? Uh, Sock does. Okay. I'm not sure we ever want to use it with my name, but (laughs) Sock does rhyme with it. How about Rock? That sounds, I like that. Always wanted to be Mark Rock. Well, just change it to Bach. All right, we'll go with Bach. And tell him he's your great, 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 great grandfather. There you go. Tell him. It's the truth. Mark Locke is the creative producer behind Beyond King Tut. That's going to be in exhibit here in Milwaukee from October 13th, which is actually today at the Baird Center. Yep. So I, I want to hear more about your um, the input from National Geographic. I know that has to have been a daunting task to have. You know, it's it's sort of like somebody saying, "Hey, I've got some stuff you can use for your exhibit." And you show up, and they took you to the Smithsonian. That's it. It's amazing. I Even input might be the wrong word, the leadership, really, <laughs> okay. of National Geographic. Okay. You know, When we first considered doing something like this, we considered, I won't name names, but another photographer, mm-hmm. a single photographer. Done a mm-hmm. lot of great work in Egypt, but that didn't work out for a number of reasons. We went back to National Geo, and not only did we need the show needed, their archives, their photographs, Uh, their video, the work they're doing, as we talked about a little earlier in Egypt, but also their academic oversight and leadership. You can, anybody really can, you know, get some Getty images and tell a story the way they like to, but we weren't going to touch it unless it really had that kind of oversight. And when I say hundreds of people worked on this exhibition, it's true. And it was their leadership. And I've had the great pleasure over the years to sit at the feet of experts and historians and technicians and and folks that really know what they're doing. And I always feel like I'm kind of getting away with something because, I, like I said, sit at their feet. I don't know all of that. But to get the best people involved uh, is always the best thing to do. And in this case, it was National Geographic. And so how many different – I don't even know if I should even ask this – how yeah. many different – pieces of just information did you have to go through? Well, um, you know, once we got National Geographic involved, then you had the archaeologists. Right. Uh, You had the photographers. You had the historians. You had the scientists working in Egypt. In fact, while we're here, I wouldn't be surprised if there's breaking news from Egypt in the study of King Tut and the DNA research, because they're doing that as we speak. Okay. And if that's the case, a day or two later, it will be in the exhibit. And so we may find someone today who is actually related. That's right, because they're doing, um, and they've done in the past, but really drilling down on some of this DNA mm-hmm. family tree research. Right. And, um, you know, there's no, as we know, DNA doesn't lie when it's done right. right. So right. some things that I won't say were assumed, but believed to be fact will right. now be proven right. or, or disproven. disproven. Exactly. Right. Right. So that's fantastic. And then, of course, you bring in the production people, you know, the designers, the graphic people, the video producers, the video directors, the researchers. Uh, and then when we install, we were over there 
what, 12 days ago, I guess, installing mm-hmm. with, um, you know, carpenters and electricians and uh, uh, all sorts of folks that, that put the show actually up and, and move it from city to city. So it's a big team. Uh, you, were, you were right, Dr. Ken, to, to identify Nat Geo as really the leader here. And uh, mm-hmm. so proud to have that yellow border up on the sign and uh, do just an amazing show. So I'm almost afraid to ask. So when we go see this exhibit, yeah. what will be the one thing that will move us, that will make us recognize that this is from, for, 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 intent, for all intent and purpose, from the motherland of human existence? Right? That's And you're exactly right to identify yeah. it as that. You know, it's funny. Uh, when you mentioned Africa, of course, doing enough um, Egyptian-themed exhibitions over the years, Cleopatra, mm-hmm. King Tut, right. the Artifact Show, always kind of amazed when we have that map on the wall that clearly identifies Egypt being part of Africa. Right. Or, you know, I'm not to call anybody out, but you'll overhear people saying, Egypt's in Africa? Right. Which is kind of, right. you know. So I love that part of what we're doing, right, right? is bringing that to folks that— you know, no fault of their own. Somehow that never connected, right? And, and is it that they attach it to the Middle East? I guess. Or, or is it that, well, it's that close. I where, guess as, as you know, yeah. as, as recent as today's headlines, right? There's, mm-hmm. there's, yeah. there's that, that, that horrible story going on over there. And uh, yeah. I think people maybe do lump things together sometimes. Mm-hmm. But as you said, the birthplace of all, of all uh, civilization right there. Um this to your question. I hope it's a sense of discovery. You know, we we've, we've okay. got this this um, theme because it's historical and because it's timely. A hundred years ago of the discovery, and we've got nine separate galleries. You make your way through, and I love doing with the help of my team designing a show where you really don't know what's around the next corner, okay. and you don't walk in and see it all. You right. wonder, okay, right. I've got this, right. and now I'm turning. Oh, and now there's this. And then the next, uh, now there's this. Mm -hmm. And uh, Howard Carter had that, you know, drive to discover. And I hope the guest that goes through has that same sense of discover, discovery and joy, quite frankly, Mm -hmm. of of this story. So one of my last questions. Sure. Because I want to go back to something. Why you? (laughs) I've asked that many times, (laughs) right? Because I I remember you saying something that, you know, that that whole – imposter syndrome thing yeah. and that confidence yeah. piece yeah. when when you realize the gravity of wow if i mess this up yep. it's going to be an international mess that's right <laughs> <laughs> right great thanks but, for reminding me of that but, hey, yeah but, but you're, you're right but you're done now right yeah. and you did it and I've so done, why you but every time i think whatever project it is, mm-hmm. it is and we mentioned some of the i remember walking into 30 rock to meet lauren michaels on that saturday night live exhibit asking <laughs> the same how did i get here yeah. you know and he looks at me and said and this has been repeated itself over the years with complete trust. Like, I, this is my baby. This yeah. matters to me. Yeah. And uh, I'm trusting you to tell the story um, correctly and uh, bring it to a bigger audience. Well, the same thing has happened. And I guess it's all about, I don't want to get too personal or philosophical here, but it's all about putting one foot in front of the other, mm-hmm. taking risks, knowing that you could fail, but knowing if you fail, you get right back up and do it again and keep pushing on. And like I said, I've been very blessed, very fortunate from one sh- one exhibition that leads to the the next to the next, and uh, I I couldn't, as I mentioned earlier, couldn't be more excited about uh, kind of this path that I'm on, and uh, you know it's it's I look forward to the next one. So you dared yourself to grow. That's it. 
Well right. said. Well yeah. said. And sometimes we don't, you know, we, we or me, right. it's hard to have that courage sometimes. Yes, but you is. just get up in the morning and yes, you do it. And you certainly have those doubts, though, because yeah. when you said, yeah. why you or why me, I've yeah. asked that many times, you know, and the night before a presentation, you're like, I can't do this. Yeah. And then you do it and you make mistakes, but you keep pushing. Yeah. And yeah. nobody notices anyway. That's true. That, it's, it's true. <laughs> fake it till you make it, yeah. right? Fake yep. it till you make it. So what can 1017 The Truth do for you? Oh, well, you've done it today. I tell you, this has been a, a wonderful experience just to talk to you and spread this word of this okay. exhibition at the um, at the Baird Center. Uh, I was telling people that we had an opening party last night, and the folks over there, the, the, the energy that they bring to our exhibition, the staff, the growing that they're doing with mm-hmm. the with the new addition and the spectacular building that I walk past when I go to the yeah. you know go to the entry. Uh, it's been fantastic. Uh, the the support of the arts, the support of uh, uh, education in the community that they're doing. I think we're maybe at the beginning of a next phase of very uh, powerful and um, entertaining experiences. But getting the word out is the big thing. You know, we're here, and like you said, until June sixth, or excuse me, to January sixth, and uh, love to have the community turn out and and take this in. Sounds good. Mark Locke, she, he's the creative producer beyond King Tut. It is going to be at the Baird Center, 400 West Wisconsin, from tomorrow. Nope, today. Today. See if I rush. I might be able to get into the last entry. <laughs> there you go. Um, at the Baird Center, 400 West Wisconsin, right here, uh, Wednesday through Sunday, Monday and Tuesday, they are closed. Yeah. Yeah, I might have to get in this weekend. See that? You're welcome anytime, my friend. Thank you much. I appreciate it. Make sure you check it out. And from what I understand, we have a four-pack to give away. Oh. All right. <laughs> hmm? Family pack? Okay. We have both? Just one. One family pack, four. All right. Uh, caller number? Uh, six. Caller number six, 833-212-1017 is the number. Our guest, Mark, I'm just... Overwhelmed, and now I got to start planning to go to. Egypt. What a pleasure to be with you. This is, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's been delightful. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. I appreciate it. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. You are listening to Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017TheTruth.com. This is Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris, 833-210. Sometimes I get in the middle of it and my brain goes, and then I forget the phone number. Like, what is that? Three years, 10 months of saying the phone number. Must be Friday. Uh, Mark Locke, uh, creative producer beyond King Tut. So 
Um, that's going to be pretty cool. I'm looking at it. It's uh, go to beyondkingtut.com forward slash city forward slash Milwaukee, and you can check it out, um, get some tickets. Do we have a name of the winner? Okay, they're talking. Oh, I'm away. Do we have the name of the winner? First name or winner? No, okay. Oh, disregard. La 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 la. <laughs> okay. I- <laughs> Eight three three two one two one zero one seven is the number. So we, you know, we're we're excited. I'm excited. Um, where did Kyle go? Can we can we have a talk about this? Like not now, but can can we talk about this? Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to. I'm excited. Nas gonna see. I'm I'm scared to go because now I might want to end up going to Egypt, and I can't go to Egypt right now because they're shooting and blowing stuff up in that region. So I don't I don't know. The one thing I th- I did find interesting is the DNA piece. Is that they're gonna take DNA, and you're literally going to find out whether or not you're royalty. I mean, think about that. If your heritage is King Tut. Hmm, that's interesting. I find it interesting. I've I've always been been intrigued by pharaohs. And um Yep. Became king, became pharaoh at ten, at nine, died at nineteen. So that's interesting. Very, 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 very interesting. Tune in to the award-winning 1017 The Truth. That's right here tomorrow at 11 a.m. for another episode of Center for Leadership of African Women's Wellness Show. Sherman Hughes will be joined by representatives from CLAW to discuss their lunch and learn workshops, mental and emotional health, and the importance of having spiritual healing in your life. Again, that's the Center for Leadership of African Women's Wellness show tomorrow, this Saturday. That's tomorrow, 11 o'clock a.m., right here on the award-winning 1017 The Truth. 833-212-1017 is the number. We got so much stuff going on tonight. We got um, Marquette University High School Hilltopper football. It's their last conference game. They're playing Nathan Hale. That'll be 6.30 start. I'm sorry, 6.30 pregame, 7 o'clock start. Um, we'll be here all weekend for the rebroadcast of all the shows with everybody here. You know, mornings, Sherwin, that other gal that come on at noon, that other dude at one o'clock, and then little me at four. All weekend long, every day, all day. And so I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I keep going back to this tut. Uh, touch treasures. Uh, it'll be 101 years this November 3rd. Um, so make sure if you get a chance to make sure you, you do that. Um, go check it out. That looks like it's going to be great. Beyondkingtut.com. So. Hmm. Last comments pop off Friday. 833-212-1017 is the number. Israelis is order 
um, Israeli is telling 1.1 million Palestinians to get out of the Gaza Strip before they invade and bomb and do all that stuff. And the UN is basically telling them that it's impossible. It's, it's kind of impossible to do. And so they're showing Gaza City from yesterday where Israel bombed and they're showing um, Israel where shootings took place and killings and things of that nature. And um, so it's going to be interesting. It's, it's going to be an interesting uh, fourth quarter of the year. Um, we are now in the throes of the end of the year, and 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 during the shows, we're going to start looking at 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 how your year has gone, and what are some things you can do between now and the end of the year, financially, emotionally, uh, mentally, uh, physically, right? Some things you got to do. You know, as I said, I'm you know doing some things. I want a question before we go. I have a question for you. All right, you better hurry up and ask because we're going to be out of here in about a minute. <laughs> I think you missed it today, but it's Friday the 13th, and I was wondering, what's your favorite scary movie? I don't do scary movies. You don't like them? It's not that I don't like them. I just don't do them. I'm, I've never, like, I've been bored watching scary movies. Ooh, oh, I just, yeah. Today is Friday. Th- it didn't even dawn on me today was Friday the 13th. That's how much I don't really care about numerology and, you know, scary movies and Halloween. But if I... I think the absolute scariest movie that I've ever seen in my entire life, two movies, the original Carrie with Sissy Spacek, who I just fell in love with as a kid. I'm just saying. And, and, um, it's like, I fell in love with Diane Carroll when she was the nurse and Julia. But anyway, those are the two women. I was like, Hey, um, and the exorcist. The Exorcist scared the living snot out of me. And I will. Ain't nobody even listening. See, she asked me a question and she's talking to Kyle. Kyle is disrupting people. Time is ticking about. It's Friday. And now I got something else to pop off about. But I ain't got no energy to pop off. So I'm just going to chill. But The Exorcist scared the snot out of me. Seriously. It's, it, I was like, no. I was good. I was like, this is funny projectile vomiting, and then her head turned around and I was done. Let me tell you, Ken, my mom actually told me the scariest movie that she heard, that she went to go see when she was a kid on accident was right. The Exorcist yep. because they like they promoted it back then. Yep. And, and they didn't show none of that stuff. Yeah, she said it was free. Scared the living bejesus out of me. It, to this day, 70s, and to this day, Exorcist, and they got a new Exorcist movie out. With Ellen Burstyn in it. I'm like, nope, I'm done. I don't care what's going on. I'm not doing it. And it's not that I'm scared. It's that I don't, I'm like, I don't know. I hate Halloween. Anyway, you're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. Tory Lowe Show is coming up at 6 o'clock. Pre-game at 6.30. Marquette University Hilltoppers football at 7. Make sure you hang around. We got shows this weekend. We got rebroadcast. We got all sorts of things going on. Make sure you stay locked in right here on the award-winning 1017 The Truth. Thank you, Rhea. Appreciate you. Kyle, as always, too much red, but that's okay. And uh, (laughs) 
And uh, God bless. Take care. Have a great weekend. Stay out the rain. Don't get wet. I'm out.